0: check one two one two is this thing on we having technical issues site we don't do the podcast like that anymore but we used to and I used to have my mic on and you couldn't hear me but oh my we trying to do this thing with excellence first of all are you following us on the socials I need to know how you are enjoying the podcast drop us a comment drop us some lines and let us know I would spit a high 16 but you already know you're not ready uh, speaking of high 16 Ever so often there is a person that person will be asked who their favorite artists are from whatever genre of music they listen to and though the order may change the same artist consistently appears on everyone's list that name is sjrjk okay listen as a person consistently on the list it has to be a beautiful feeling to know that your dedication and unique artistry is not only showing up In different lists and different spaces and genres of music, but it is outlasting adversity. As you're breaking into your industry, to know that you're being honored by people's acknowledgement and validation of your gift is incredible, but the longevity of your art, that's what you're always looking for. The longevity of the art. I don't wanna just be hot for a moment, right? As an artist, you wanna have longevity. That is the same goal that. we have to have in our growth and our development as we evolve. We don't want to just have seasons where it's like, all right, I'm making every list. I'm checking everything off. But that's only for a moment. We need to have sustainability, longevity. This growth that you are experiencing has got to last. Whether you're the one that kicks it off or the one that just keeps this ball rolling in your family, in your friend circle, in your generation, being in the lineage of some that withstands the test of time is pretty dope My co-host Armani can attest to the Appreciation of longevity Because this is a third Generation educator and she Came with a lesson For us got us right on together By the way shout out to all the Teachers principals and school administrators We the whole woman evolve Family love and honor you Now let's check in with Armani get your notepad A pen some papers some Pencils because she's about to us in a way you didn't even know you needed. Hi, Armani. Hi. How are you? Good. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me. Thanks for having me. How'd you hear about the podcast? What made you want to sign up to be
1: a co host? Because if I'm being honest, my heart was like broken. <laughs> like oh, no. when, I guess that was the first episode after the break. And when you said that you weren't going to do the podcast live no more, like my heart was broken, but I understood. Cause it was crazy. It's crazy how God really brings things full circle because my child is going to school or like real school next week. And I've been working a lot in between priorities from church and so many other things i don't spend as much time with her as i want to Mm. and like god has really been telling me like okay like you're gonna have to get rid of some things to make parenting work how you want it to work like you can't just expect it to work if you're not home Mm -hmm. and hearing that like just was the revelation i needed to like confirm it okay like I know that you enjoy doing those things. Some of these things are really, well, not some, <laughs> these things are really good things, like, but you can't do all of it and still be a great mom. So mm. I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go ahead and get in, put my little application in. So I'm here, child. <laughs> good. That, like I was heartbroken too, cause I love the
0: sisterhood and I feel like we're still figuring out the new format. Have you heard any of the new f- format? Like, what do
1: you think about it? Yes. I actually like the last one that came out this week. Everyone is was loving so, that so, so, episode. So good. Like Yeah. I when she said walk, heavy, I don't know if she said it or you said walk heavy. I had, while I was watching it, I put a big old posting note, right? On, like in front of my workstation. Cause I'm like, I need this. It was it was so good. It was so good. good. <laughs> that makes like, we're still figuring out, but I feel good about
0: it. And, you know, we had a lot of people who were getting together to do it live, but I wasn't getting to meet people the way that like I get to now. So like, I don't know, I'm figuring it out. Thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for trying out this new venture with me. I appreciate it.
1: I love it. No problem at all.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, you know, I have to ask you because Eve is our homegirl. Part of the reason why we love Eve is because we know what it's like to know better and not do better. So I need to know something about your Eve. Like, what is the most Eve thing you've ever done in a relationship? Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) huh? In a
1: relationship? Hmm. Let me think. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard. Uh, anything in a relationship. Do you want me to give you
0: mine while you're thinking alone. on yours? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. let me <laughs> see. The most Eve thing I've ever done in a relationship besides ramming cars, which I've told many people about, oh, was probably emptying out an apartment. Yeah. While someone was away, I he was that. away. That. <laughs> that was the most Eve thing. He came back to an empty apartment because anything (laughs) that I bought on my card is going with me when I go. It was prime. And I used his friends to empty it out. It was raggedy. It was just prime Eve behavior.
1: (laughs) That was Savage
0: before Megan Thee Stallion. I was out here, a prophet in my own way. (laughs) (laughs) Now's your turn. You got to give me yours. I'm out here even. Tell me about your Eve.
1: Yeah, not even at the top peak was like hiding clothes, you know, not cooking dinner. Like I would just go buy out go out to eat and then come home, ate and he's like, okay, what's for dinner? Oh, I already ate. Like that's, eat, hiding clothes might be the best. Cause when you get up at <laughs> work and y'all have nothing to wear. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling yeah. this. I feel like if we were endorsing Eve behavior, we would tell someone when your partner isn't speaking to you to hide their things and force them to speak to you. But we're not endorsing Eve behavior. But if we were, <laughs> take notes on this podcast. <laughs> Okay, so that is your past, <laughs> right? That's like the past behavior. What are some things that like took you a long time to finally start doing better? And like, you're like, man, I used to not, I knew better, but I didn't always do better. And now I'm at a stage of my life where I'm actually doing better. What's one of those areas?
1: Hmm. I would definitely say i probably have two top two that's like real neck and neck right now Mm. one will probably be holding my tongue Mm. because i just have had to learn over the years everything's not really necessary to say and two will probably have had a bad history of just like negative self-talk so over the years in a lot of like literally mental training i have i've like gained the practice to stop talking myself out of stuff Ooh. that like we're thinking stuff that you know god doesn't think about us so we know god doesn't think about us so those two things holding my tongue with other people and like contract thoughts with myself
0: Okay, so you said mental training. We want tea, spill tea, sis. What type of mental training helped you to change the way that you think and speak to yourself and it looks like to others too?
1: Don't quote me because I don't know the actual scripture right now. That's all right. But the scripture that says, take your thoughts captive and submit them under the will of God. Like that scripture has carried me through so many times. Like, I remember the first time that I like could put my finger on like training my thoughts. I was pregnant. I was taking the bus to school and I was sitting at the bus like, dang, how am I pregnant with no car? Still in school. Like just yeah. literally breaking down my life in ways that just was really not healthy to my thought pattern. And yeah. in that moment, like I'm sitting on a bus and God gave me like, you're fear, fearfully and wonder- wonderfully made. And I'm like, okay. And from there, like it was just, Literally, like, I think sometimes people make training your thoughts a little complicated. And I'm like, every time I think something that is negative about myself, whether I believe it to be true or not, I'm like, OK, well, God doesn't believe this is true. Even if I believe it in the moment and I give like I'm like, oh, no, you can do that or give myself a scripture to match it. So literally every thought that I have, but it it comes with being aware of your thoughts. Like I'm a really self-reflective person. I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. So I think to myself a lot. And when I wasn't mindful of my thoughts, like, the, all of those thoughts consumed me once I started, like, being aware, like, okay, these are the negative ones, these are the ones that can stay, and these are the ones that you need to work out and then yeah. displace them. And that's, like, literally once I compartmentalize my thoughts, every thought I have, I have to combat it with something that God says about me or that I know is true about myself. This is like (laughs) prime
0: woman-evolved behavior. I spent so long growing up in church thinking that because I thought something that there was something wrong with me. We don't spend a lot of time in church talking about our thoughts, talking about the things that come into our head, whether it's about drinking or smoking or doing something that is a sin. Like The thoughts pop up into our mind, but the more that we understand about our mind and our thought life, we will stop penalizing ourselves for thinking certain things and instead do like scripture says and take that thought captive and bring it into submission to the word of God. If we can move to that space in our lives, I think that we would feel so much more free to recognize like there's nothing wrong with me because I thought this, but there could become something wrong if I don't attack that thought and allow it
1: to live in my life. Yeah, for sure. Like All facts. And I would say a tip to like not well, helping yourself and holding yourself accountable is really like letting people know that you have these thoughts because Mm. you're not the only person with the thoughts. And you know, the enemy you get by yourself, you think you're the only person with these thoughts. And like I realized with my friends, when I started to like be open with them and tell them, like, yeah, this is what I'm thinking about, or like I'm telling them that I'm doubting myself. Yeah. No, without a doubt, they're gonna come back and be like, "Armani, like girl, like girl." So sharing your thoughts too, so you're you know that you're not alone. Because I promise you, if you're feel down, like you're the only person that thinks that about you anyway. So tell somebody so they can help you feel better.
0: One thing I love about Women Evolve is the community and safe space we've built with one another. I receive countless messages with personal stories ranging from experiences with anxiety and depression to advice on how to settle family conflicts or work through self-esteem issues. I don't have all the answers, but I refuse to leave y'all hanging. Your mental health is too important to me. I want you to start living a happier life today with assistance from BetterHelp. As a listener of the Woman Evolve podcast, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash evolve. A safe and private online environment, BetterHelp assesses your needs before matching you with one of their licensed professional therapists. It's also free and easy to change your counselor if you need to in the future. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. With the ability to message your counselor at any time, join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. It's convenient, affordable, and confidential. You can join today and start communicating in less than 24 hours and any time after that. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash evolve. Let me tell you, PT, my husband is like king of this. Like if he has a dream that he cheated on me, like he will wake up and tell me about the dream. Like like I think the idea of like keeping it within himself and keeping it a secret, he's like, nope, I want to be accountable. I want you to know what was in my head. And the first time he did that, I wanted to be like, keep that to yourself. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to know about you having these dreams. And then like if I have a crazy dream, then I'm like challenged to like tell him him about the dream. Like there is such vulnerability and accountability connected with it, but it takes a lot of courage to not think that your thoughts define you because that's what we think. We're like, my thoughts are going to define my identity. They're going to define the way you think about me. But the truth is sometimes thoughts are just thoughts and they don't have to become actions, but when they become secrets, that's toxic.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy you said that because I... I feel my friends always like sometimes you tell people too much and I'm like, what is tell people too much like I don't really believe in real secrecy because like, how do you fix it if it's just you already don't know how to fix it on your own anyway. So if you keep it a secret, (laughs) just making it worse. I
0: think people, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of those people who care a lot about what people think about me. Like my Enneagram is like a number three, I think, which is something about caring what people think a lot, which is like... <laughs> me <laughs> I care what people think when y'all post y'all's memes and like y'all I don't care what people think I, I don't even like those because I'm like sis I wish it's not my testimony and I'm I think screamed. it's hard to be vulnerable when you feel like you're going to judge what I think or you're going to change the way you think about me it takes confidence to share your thoughts with other people and maybe it's not for everyone in your circle but the more that you can mm-hmm. have someone in your space um, and that might just be your journal and prayer life for some season but like take a chance on being vulnerable recognizing that these thoughts don't define my identity that's key that
1: part of that part
0: okay so we are in this season of womanhood that i am really excited about because i believe that women are coming to a place in corporate spaces and ministry spaces and all different types of industries where we are being honored for like the unique gifts and talents that we bring into the space that we're in, the perspective that we bring and carry. I know that you have a podcast about millennials and ministry. So I want to hear about like what you think about this season of womanhood for you personally. Like what are you learning about yourself that excites you and how is it changing your
1: world? Hmm. I think the biggest thing I'm learning right now is I'm I'm more resilient than I ever thought I could be. Like, oh my! That still blows my mind. You're okay. Hold on. You're
0: going to pause because <laughs> you're going to pause because you just read me and I need to breathe. Okay. Because what you're not going to do is drown me. It's my podcast. Someone come rescue me. Okay. Wait. <laughs> We're going to pause because people are listening and they're like, wait a minute, more resilient. Listen, okay, because your girl been struggling for months on top of months. But what I am real like, I have been hit with so many things, things that I've never experienced before. Like I thought my hard days were over and I might have to scratch a little bit, but not fight the way that I've been fighting. But you just made me realize that like, yeah, I'm fighting, but I'm surviving and I'm growing and I'm learning in the process and taking
1: new territory, going and preach to me. Tell you yeah. a story. Listen, like, whew, 2021. Mm. I thought everybody was like, 2020 was such a bad year. 2020 honestly was a great year for me. I got a new job. Like my yes. little sister graduated from high school. My little sister and my little cousin, they're like, we're sister cousins. They both graduated from high school. So of course, the school shutting down. We spent, I have a twin sister also. Oh. so the four of us, like, we spent so much time together. I got a new job what else? Like, 2020, so much happened for me, and then 2021 came, and it was like, Mm. and I don't know what happened, and like, the drums started going off, and I was like, all right, God, like, what is, what is happening right now? And every time, like, child, 2020 has been ugly cry after ugly cry after ugly cry, (laughs) and I'm just like, all right, God, like, we'll see, because obviously you know something that I don't know, and I can't figure it out. And every time I would cry, like, God's just like you're resilient, like go ahead and cry, but wipe your shoes off, get up and keep stepping. And I don't know, 2020, 2021 has just like shown me time after time, like every time something happens, like you're resilient, like you're like, even though it's not easy, it's happening, you're gonna make it through and you're gonna be okay, and you're gonna smile again. So. That's the longest story. Okay. Because,
0: like, you're talking. This is why women need to speak to each other. Because when we talk to each other, it's it's a mirror. Because, like, first of all, your 2021 probably sucks because everyone who had a bad 2020 was like, I hope everyone that's having a good year have a bad next year. (laughs) Um, You know, that (laughs) wasn't. My bad. We sorry. But, you know, I just realized, though, like, for most of my life, except for the last two years, I've either felt very strong, confident and empowered or completely broken and shattered. And it's not good for us to live in either of those spaces 24 seven. And the last couple of years, what I have been grieving is not feeling that strong, empowered confidence that I'm used to feeling. But what I can say is that I've had this incredible mix of them both where I do feel confident and empowered, but I also feel like vulnerable and, and delicate, like I'm still growing and emerging in different areas. And maybe what I've been longing for is a lie an illusion and what I actually need is to embrace the dichotomy of who I am as a woman that I am going to be strong powerful and resilient in some moments and then that next moment in the same day can feel delicate and unsure and to give myself permission to live in both of those spaces you helping me on today
1: oh that first off that was a word that was so, that was a word. Like we, I think that as women, society, like over the years, has told us that we can't be both. Like we can't be weak and strong. And well, first off, the Bible says that that's a lie. So come on, we know it's a lie. But we do have to. Like that has been this year. I even say this year. The last couple of years between so much stuff. I think the God has shown me like one day it's okay to you know be strong and live in the fullness and your best life and do all of this other stuff. And the next day it's okay to be crying in your room all day and be weak and need to talk to somebody and need your friends and you know that kind of thing. So that that was a word like being comfortable with that is so important. Just. Stop.
0: That's okay. So this is that's just confirmation because I'm thinking about 2022 for Women Evolve. And like you just confirmed something to me. Well, obviously, I got to talk to my team to see if what's in my head could actually happen. But it's in my head and you just confirmed something that I think could be very powerful. You are a mother. You have a daughter. How old is your daughter? She's five. Five. My daughter's five. Oh, it's a good age. Tell me about your daughter. What? What? What is she like?
1: Me and I can't stand you. Oh, can I we talk know. about it? You know, what is that? <laughs> when people say like, you know, back in the day, well, they probably still say, "Oh, people be like, your child is gonna be just like you. Yeah. You gonna get all that back." And I used to always be like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, my child's gonna be an angel. My child is like, gonna, <laughs> she's just like me." She's just like me. And there's sometimes like, we'll just be going about life and she'll say something to me and I'll be like, why are you me? And why am I you? (laughs) And I can't take it. I can't take it. Can't take it. That's Ella. I, okay,
0: so um, I have two daughters. I have four daughters total, but two of them I've been with since birth. And that's my 12-year-old and my five-year-old. And my 12-year-old is just like me. It's sickening. It's gross. It's disgusting. Like, <laughs> it is just like, bleh, like throw up in my mouth. Like, why do you act this way? Why Very do you look? So. Where's my face? Give it back to me. Why like, do it's, you
1: act this way? That's gross. That's what it is. Why do you act this way? that's what i say like 10 times a
0: day and it's making me have to ask myself (laughs) questions like okay well what was wrong with you and like what did you need growing up and motherhood has challenged me i feel like to not just mother them well and to take care of them and to be sensitive to them but to also like acknowledge the areas of my life where I feel like I neglected or that they were neglected as a child has been has being a mother affected your dynamic with your parents or like open wounds that you had as a child? Chow Sis.
1: i would be lying if i said no yeah <laughs> i would be lying through this through the teeth if i said no like motherhood has certainly given me this unprecedented expect like appreciation for my mom like yeah. i think like i said i was a twin and not only my mom like i always this felt like growing up it was the good twin and the bad twin so i feel like that made it hard and me and my mom are pretty much polar opposite. Okay. So growing up, my mom always said, it's hard to raise a child. was There's nothing like you. Mm. And I think that for a long time, we had a disconnect because we were nothing like each other. It was like, she just really did it. Like she parented my sister really well because they were kind of similar. With me, it was was like friction, like until I was pregnant for like, really. And motherhood like especially my child like coming into her own and like really getting this big personality and I can see like just see who she is for who she is I'm like mom you got like you're a rock star because I don't know how (laughs) like I don't know how like motherhood has definitely given me this just like astronomical appreciation for my mom and all that she's endured like my mom had me and my sister when she was 17. Twins at 17?
0: Wow. Child,
1: I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't like people always say what if God would have gave you twins and I'm like see God knows what we can handle and he knew. (laughs) He, He already knew. So literally like every day I'm just like sometimes I randomly text my mom like oh my gosh you're a hero like I love you. Just because just stopping and thinking like day to day life with my baby, I'm like, yeah, You're a rock star
0: because there's no way. There's no way. That is so good because I text my parents like just out of every blue moon, out of nowhere. One, I'm sorry. I just be like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Like, I know I apologize when I got in trouble, but I didn't even mean that. But like, I'm actually genuinely sorry because wow. Legit sorry. (laughs) Oh God, it was rough. I love what you said though about like the, well, I love it. It probably wasn't easy for you to deal with growing up, but that friction between your mom, because her saying, you know, it's difficult to raise a child who's not like you. And it sounds like you all came to this place that's full circle, but we don't talk a lot about mother wounds. Like we talk about daddy issues and daddy wounds, but we have mother wounds in our community that we don't acknowledge because moms are heroes, right? And we put them on the pedestal. But what do you do when you don't feel valued? Valued by the first woman in your life. And not to say this is your story, because I don't know your dynamic, but I know that I speak with enough women to know that like when you have friction in their relationship with your mother, it does affect your identity in many ways. And so I hope that that full circle moment that maybe that you had and that maybe others are listening to right now will serve as a testimony to what's possible in that mother relationship. Because did you ever imagine that things would be where they are now?
1: I always, like my sister and my mom have always been really close. Like for my entire life, I remember them being significantly closer than me and my mom were so I've always even as a child like that was my goal for me and my mom to get to a place where we would just call each other like girl like just you know sit on the phone back and forth or like my mom would literally be my best friend and it's crazy that we're talking about this because my friends when when my friends that are having issues with their mom talk about it and we talk about it they always like how how did you and your mom get to this place and it comes with being extremely like showing your showing your parents grace is like really big mm. and being open to whatever whatever god is going to do like it was always my mom didn't even open the prayer for me but it was always a prayer that we can get to a point that we we can literally be best friends I can just call i would want to call my mom like not i'm calling her out of obligation but i want to call my mom and tell her about my day i want to call my mom and tell her my good news and it really just took us sitting down and having open conversations with each other me being honest about how my childhood affected me. me Me being honest about Where I envision Our relationship being And just being open And transparent And giving her Like when I said Giving her grace Like if we wouldn't have A relationship right now If I didn't give her grace Because my mom was a kid When she had me child yeah. Like I, I have to give her grace I have to
0: To know me is to know I love to cook. Being able to combine various ingredients and create a delicious meal for my family is my happy place. When my life gets busy, HelloFresh helps me live in the overflow of my happy place with their quick and easy meals. Their breakfast on the go and 15 to 20 minute dinners are clutch. Try America's number one meal kit for yourself and tell them that I sent you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 14 and use code Womanevolve14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. You'll be amazed at the high quality fresh ingredients sourced directly from growers and delivered from the farm to your front door in under a week, contact free of course. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Womanevolve14 and use code Womanevolve14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Okay, so you have said a mouthful, a mouthful because, (laughs) man, so many people wonder, like, how do I navigate this? situation with my mother and I heard you say that you sat her down and you spoke to her about how your childhood affected you but then you also talked about the vision that you have for your relationship which I feel like is equally as important as talking about where the breakdown was because talking about the breakdown can make a person feel badly like okay there's no way I can recover from this Uh uh-oh your account is signed in from another device 143 yeah
1: I'm it back.
0: I can hear something. There she is. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, I can hear you guys. Not it breaking up when we was right in the middle (laughs) of our chat. Mm -mm. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you not it breaking up okay listen I remember what I was saying I was like hold on to your thought hold on to your thought (laughs) but I feel like what you said about showing grace to no Communication. I'm with it. Don't even worry about it. Here we go. All right. (laughs) I think that what you said about having this moment with your mother was so important, especially for people who are wondering, like, how do I navigate the friction that we have experienced, but this hope for connection that I can't let go? And I feel like what you said, one, about letting her know about your childhood experiences is powerful, right? Because what we really want is for someone to see life from our eyes, right? And so I want you to empathize with what I've gone through, but you also shared the hope, the vision for what it could become. And I feel like for parents, that's important because I don't necessarily want to hear all the things that I did wrong and feel like I can't recover. And so you offered her truth, but also hope in that moment. And I feel like that's so powerful for someone who has had challenging relationships with their parents
1: for sure like I will say that my mom probably felt like we were double teaming her because once me and my sister have kind of always like I feel like we didn't necessarily disagree with each other but all the 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 good twin bad twin it caused us to unintentionally like have friction yeah and once she, she went to college and he worked and I stayed in Maryland. So once she came home, we were like super intentional about making sure that we were going to be like real twins, like not just we're twins by birth, but we actually had the connection and we sat my mom down together mm-hmm. and I know she felt like we was ganging up on her. So it definitely had like the grace and the, the hope has to be thrown in there because nobody wants to be attacked. Like even parents, yeah. like like you said, nobody wants to sit there and just like take all of that at one time. So being gracious and offering hope definitely can make the conversation go a lot further than you think.
0: I had to sit down and talk to my son who is 18, about to be 19. And he's going to therapy. All our kids go to therapy. And he come home from therapy and his therapist had reached out saying that he wanted to have a group session with me. And I think my immediate response was to be defensive, right? Because I'm like, listen, listen, I had you at 14, I did the best that I could. And I'm not about to sit down with this therapist to hear about how I wronged you, right? But then like I had to check myself and realize that like you have to have grace for yourself too to recognize that you were not, necessarily the best mom in the world at 14. Like maybe you were the best 14 year old mom, but you, you know, you were still learning. And if you go into something and you know that you're still learning and then you receive a report card that says you did okay here, but you're still learning there. Then you accept that because you know that I am still learning and growing. And I think part of receiving, because this is the thing, like we make everything about someone hating on us. Like someone's a hate or I don't want to hear someone, (laughs) you're not on my team. If you're not on my cheer squad, then you got to get off the boat. But what about the people in your life who love you, who want to see you do well, who want to continue to do life with you, who have something to say that you may not necessarily want to hear? How do we make space in our heart to say, "Okay, I haven't always had it together and I can come to a space where I can receive someone's experience of me without letting it define me or beat me down and also working to improve the relationship so that it can become better that takes maturity and I feel like I and so many other people need to give more focus to the people who are in our life who need to be able to give us feedback so that we can grow and become better
1: yeah that's big like that is so big because I think that as people like it's within our nature to get offended by things, or like never want to hear the the like legit truth. My pastor, Pastor Keith Battle, shout him yeah. out. He said like some years ago, he had a sermon that said something about like we always say, I don't care what nobody thinks. I don't care what anybody thinks. You know, all that matters is my opinion of myself. And the reality of it is you do have to care. If you care about the person, you have to care what they think about you because they're not, they don't think this for no reason. And their perception of you is somewhat rooted in what you gave them. And as a person who cares about these people, you have to be considerate of what they have to say about you and do your best to try to fix it. Of course, still being authentic to yourself, but understand that they're not coming from a bad place. They want your relationship to work. They want to see you win. And, Yeah, you know, we think everybody trying to stop us from winning. And it's just really not true. Not everybody is
0: hating on you. (laughs) Like, I know it feels good and feels better (laughs) if we say that people are just hating. But some people trying to help you and you calling your helper a hater and now you can't grow. Ooh, ooh. And now they don't wanna help
1: you no more. So no, now look for you. Now no, Suck. Suck with no friend. Um oh, our <laughs> no
0: August friends. Our August book of the month is offended and It is like already I'm only like chapter one in and it has like already made me like really get myself together because it says in the book that we speak so much about how someone has offended us, but not nearly as much time thinking about how we could have offended someone else. And that's just responsibility that we don't want to have in our world, but it's important. And I think that shows up in our parental relationship, too. So I'm praying for you and myself, child, as we raise these children children that we give it 100% we do the best that we can and we also leave space for feedback that challenges us in ways to grow or to at minimum say I'm sorry to our children
1: have you ever apologized to your child I do it all the time like and my my friends are all like oh like my friends are so gushy by it and my family's like why are you apologize <laughs> and I'm like what do you mean like because in oh child being a 25 year old mama full-time worker with all of these other responsibilities sometimes I acknowledge that I bring my frustration home yeah. and I don't always direct my frustration to where it should be so sometimes I'm a little bit more snappy than I could be or I don't say things in the mo- most polite way or I'm not as patient as I should be with the child and I can see when my child's feelings are hurt and if, yeah. if her feelings are hurt I'm going to say sorry like my mom you know, mom, I love you because I know you going to watch this. I love you. <laughs> but my mom was not the mom to say sorry ever. That's right. let me just say, neither were my parents, so go ahead, go ahead.
0: I'm not going to leave you under that bus by yourself. If the bus is coming, (laughs) I throw myself under it too. My parents were not one for maybe my mom more than my dad, but like there was one time he apologized to Cora for something, but I don't want to bring it up because it still makes people tender, but (laughs) but just the norm, but I do feel like people who are not apologized to as children do not know how to apologize as adults because they don't know how to take accountability for something that they've done is wrong without feeling that they are wrong unless that's been modeled and demonstrated for them from their parents. For sure.
1: For sure. I I make it a habit to apologize to her. And I I want her to feel like her voice is badly. Like a thing that me, my mom struggled with a lot was I felt like my mom was not my advocate, like as a mm-hmm. child. And I think advocacy... Other people advocating for you and feeling like other people advocate for you starts with how you advocate for yourself. So I want my child to know if I offended her or I hurt her feelings that she can tell me and I'll apologize. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're a child. Like, I want her to know that she can come to me and tell me when I've done something wrong to her and she has the freedom to advocate for herself and ask for an apology. Do you so, think that yeah. this makes us like the white
0: people we judge growing up? Like we used to judge white people for let like, white people, if you're listening, hear me out. Let me tell you, black people judge y'all for letting y'all's kids talk, like because we wasn't allowed to speak growing up. So it would just be like, Mm-mm, your kids not supposed to speak. Your kids don't have no feelings, like. Um, but do you think we are now becoming like the very things that we joked about? Without a doubt, <laughs> without a doubt. I
1: be thinking sometimes, sometimes I'm like.
0: No, I be thinking sometimes, like, if anyone ever watched me take this L from my child, they would show enough take my black card. I'll be in the middle of trying to tell Ella something. She's like, Mom, can I speak? And I'm like, sure, because I don't ever want you to feel silence. And, like, your voice doesn't matter. But also know and go to your room and suck these feelings up and make poor choices. You know,
1: five-year-old, my five-year-old child is making me realize that there has to be some sort of boundary in the middle of this self-advocacy because sometimes it goes a little too far. <laughs> and the five-year-old talk back is just... Yeah. It's, it's not it's not doing it for me. <laughs> you know
0: what's funny, though? Because if we don't start putting the boundaries for talking back... In home, at home like when we had t- at the table for Thanksgiving or Christmas and they start talking back like we gonna have to deal with everyone's face when they like you just and gonna let her exactly. now I'm embarrassed because this advocacy just showed up at this black Thanksgiving table and you won't go sit down and eat that turkey and now you want to advocate for yourself but mom I don't yeah, like, like turkey at you like- <laughs> 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 that's alright that's alright we're learning <laughs> we're growing we're evolving it's fine <laughs> It's fine. fine. What's your favorite thing about being a sister and having a sister that is a twin?
1: That's hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would say now my favorite thing is knowing, especially through the ups and downs that I've had with friendships in the last couple of years. (sighs) The best thing about being a twin is knowing that regardless of And me and my sister, we get into a child like we we don't fight fist fight anymore. But we did. And man, praise God! Let's talk about the fist fights. Who had hands? Hold on, I'm gonna (laughs) get to all your hope and encouragement
0: in a minute. Who had the hands?
1: Listen. When we were younger, my sister's bigger than me. So when we were younger, we were about the same size. I could give her a little, right? I could give her right. A little tussle. Right. But once we started to get older and that that puberty hit her, oh, I didn't stand <laughs> it. So so shout out to her. The puberty worked in her favor. But I'm, you know, thank God we don't fight anymore. We don't have amen, to worry about the fight. Amen. amen. Okay. Go ahead. Finish with your hope. Give <laughs> me no, your hope. Definitely having a like a best friend that I know like. Until one of us meets Jesus, yeah. there's nobody that can, like, at this point in our lives, like, as much intentionality that we have put into our relationship, there's nobody that can come in and tell me anything about my sister. There's nobody that can come in and think they're going to bucket my sister, like, yeah. we like this now. So definitely the best part is just having, knowing that I have somebody that is going to go, like, literally stick with me until one or the both of us is in the grave. like that's the best part
0: I don't know why so like having a sibling feels so temporary when you're young like I can't wait till I move out and then even when you kind of move out it feels temporary but then you reach this stage of adulthood where you're like man we are about to spend the rest of our lives together my husband's grandmother is 95 and her sister is like 96 and I was sitting beside them at a oh. funeral in that no like let's take a minute Jesus. <laughs>
1: I, yeah we we need- that is the Lord. That's that the it. Lord. They
0: were sitting together at a funeral the other day, and one of them couldn't hear, and the other one didn't know who I was, and they was like, "Oh, that's Sarah." They was like, "Oh, that's so and so." But I'm like, man, that is so beautiful to have that forever, even though um, you got to survive some fights in order to get there. Core was big. Core, core wasn't bigger than I was, but core was crazier than I was. So um, I saw her. We used to fight too, like throwing. stuff at each other fist fighting the whole thing and then one day we were having a sleepover and she didn't want the girl to sleep in her bed and the girl was like it's a sleepover that's what you do you sleep in the bed together but Core didn't want her sleeping in the bed with her and so Core cut her with a knife because she's like if you don't move I'm gonna cut you and she was like you ain't gonna cut nobody and then Core cut her and that's when I stopped fighting her because I was like anybody crazy enough to
1: act I won't do it I won't do it. Hollering. My sister do our fourth birthday. No, not our fourth birthday. I think it might've been our, I don't know. We were in like second or third grade and my family had planned like this weekend long sleepover, with like 13 of our friends. We had all these activities in the day before the party. You know, back in this, is how you know that back in the day, parents let, like, maybe we were responsible kids. We were home by ourselves, yeah. arguing, no more than 10 years old, like, literally, home by ourselves. And we got into it really bad. And she threw a balloon weight at me, like, threw a balloon weight at me. And it missed me by this much and shattered the glass table. So, she, she's definitely, I'm going to give her the crazy <laughs> one, too. How do you throw a balloon weight at Why, me? Right. Like, who hurt oh, you? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Almost canceled our party She has got our party canceled Okay listen And we don't even remember Why we were fighting
0: Isn't that the crazy thing Like you look back At like some of these Huge arguments you had And can't even remember Like and it, you know It was over something <coughs> stupid Like sharing the TV Or what we were going to watch Like you just know Because I trust that this is a judgment-free zone, I'm gonna share a secret with you. I love signing up for free trials. Okay, that's it. That's the secret. Seriously, I haven't met a free subscription that I didn't like. Oh, but I have met plenty that I have forgotten to cancel before the trial period ended. If you're like me, and I'm pretty sure you are, sis, you need help ending these subscriptions too. So let me put you up on game. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need one or simply forgot about. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions with one tap. Listen to me when I tell you sis, don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash woman evolve. Go right now truebill.com woman evolve it could save you thousands a year featured in forbes the wall street journal and fortune truebill has earned thousands of five-star reviews truebill has over 2 million users and helped them save over 100 million dollars on average people save up to 720 per year with truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel True Bill makes it incredibly simple. I love TrueBill and a good testimony like Jennifer B, who says, with TrueBill's help, our family saved $587 per year on unnecessary subscriptions. I really didn't understand how True Bill could help me until we decided to save for a very large home purchase. I use Truebill and you should too. What are you waiting for? Become a member at Truebill.com/slash woman evolve. Your TrueBill concierge is there when you need them to care cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Okay, me and you have to answer an advice question from a member of the delegation. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. I'm I'm ready. I actually like the long ones. You do? I Um, mean, I like the... This one's not long. long And I think Shanice (laughs) didn't pick a long one on purpose. I ain't even gonna gas you up, Armani. Like, I think that Shaw was like, we need to keep this thing short. And she didn't give me one that's about two or three sentences. If you are listening and you want to send us an advice question, podcast at com, Make them long as Monday. Make them long as the first Monday you've ever had. Make them long as 2020 slash 2021. Make them as long as possible. I want want to know about your childhood story that led to your adult decisions. I want to know your hope for your grandmother and your great, great grandchildren. Make them long <laughs> as possible. And then um, tell Shy High when she's reading them. If you can say Shy High <laughs> like multiple times throughout this story just so she can stay engaged, that would be great. Okay, here's our question, though. I am a 17-year-old young author. Thank God for you and your blessed team. Amazing. Okay, to the question, what do you do as a young person on your journey to not just desire, but actively seek God, but your friends aren't really understanding like they believe, but it seems like to me, that's where they stop. Thank you. Like, I want to know her friends' names. I don't even know what city she lives in. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know where she goes to church. I don't know her favorite translation. Like, there's just not enough details here to answer this question. (laughs) Not enough. Not Not enough. enough. (laughs) Not enough.
1: Ooh. I don't, you know, Jesus be working. Because this, I feel like this was my story for a large Mm. part of my life. Like, a very large part of my life. I grew up in church, in really traditional church. And then my cousin started a church. And out of that came this fantastic, wonderful youth ministry called The Remnant. And I started going there at 12. And, like, it was a Friday night thing. Like, you know, I'm from PG County, D.C., area, d So we listened to Go-Go. Like, they had turned oh, yeah. gospel music into Go-Go. And it was a vibe. Like, it was a vibe. And all of my friends, like, you know, what, what y'all doing on Friday? I'm going to church. And my friends be like, oh, you're going to church? It's Friday, (laughs) you're going to church. And like, I always felt, I think spiritually, I've always been in tune, like spiritually, even as when I didn't truly understand the magnitude of it, I've always been super in tune. So I'm like, I want to go to church. Like my mom's not making me go, I want to go. And it was a struggle to find friends that were supportive in that. Like the only, not the only advice, but the biggest thing I could say, it's to hold true to to your yeah. faith. Like at the end of the day, like now that I'm grown and more people are coming into their spirituality, my friends, like people that I haven't talked to in years, they'll DM me like random thoughts or opinions or what they should do like for spiritual advice, and I'm like, but y'all were the people that didn't want to go to church when you were 16. So That's hold on to that. Yeah. Like, don't let anybody, <laughs> 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 don't let anybody make you think that you're less than because of your faith because literally at the end of the day that's the one thing that's going to carry you throughout the rest of your life so hold on to that it i hope that this isn't like discouraging being a christian is sometimes going to be super lonely and i think that you have to one it's going to it's it's a little work to find the friends that are like you that, that want to please god that want to live for god but they're they're out there so don't give up like be open but don't don't let anybody like make you shy away or put God in your pocket because none, none of your other friends are talking about church. Like I think that that was something that at like probably like ninth grade, 10th grade. I was like, oh, I'm not going to go to church. Like I'll just go out with my friends and putting, I think it wasn't until 11th, 11th grade, 11th grade, my church did this retreat and I ended up meeting my best friend there. So mm-hmm. that was like 11th grade when I came back out of my show, like I'm not going to put God in, the, in my pocket. And that's when I really started to see that I was like trying to pull me into ministry and I'm like, "Ooh, what's going on here? But don't put God in your pocket. Don't put him in your pocket. Like, that's the biggest piece of advice I have. Like, walk in your faith boldly. Somebody will be attracted to it. Like, you'll get some friends. I don't think you'll be lonely forever. Like, you know, somebody is going to love the Jesus in you and want to be your friend. So it may seem hard at 17 to have maybe minimal friends or friends that aren't supportive of your walk. But they'll come and they'll eventually be inspired by your walk. And then that is an opportunity for you to, you know, bring them along. So take God out of your pocket and walk boldly. That's what I got.
0: I love that because I was exactly the opposite. So it's nice to hear from people like you because when I was 17, I wasn't thinking nothing about God at all, even a little bit. Like not even he was nowhere on the radar. So if I could speak on behalf of the folks who were not thinking about God (laughs) when he was a teenager, one thing I will say is that we do need you friends who stay anchored because when we start getting lost, when we start feeling like what am I supposed to do or maybe I do need to get serious about my faith, it is your life, your walk, your testimony that ends up becoming a light for us. I have a friend, I'm thinking of her right now, Brittany, who at minimum from the outside looking in, it looked like she was doing everything the right way. And she's got this beautiful journey as a result of it. Of course, I know everyone's got their struggles, but when I started feeling lost, like that was the rock who I knew I could count on. So I'd also say to your friends who you are still learning how to walk your faith out and still maintain connection with them is to create boundaries so that their disbelief doesn't bleed over into your life. They may only be friends that you can go get your nails done with. They may only be friends who you can talk about your favorite show with and not necessarily spirituality. And so you can still have the itch scratched for one part of friendship while still praying that God would bring someone into your life who can relate to the level of friendship that involves your spiritual and faith being walked out together. But um, to my friend Armani's point, just be patient and allow them space to grow. But you stay steadfast, anchored, unmovable because uh, we're going to be looking for you. They're going to be looking for you. And God's positioned you there strategically. Armani, do you have questions for me? That part. you have things for me? Things you want to know? Things you have always said if I ever talk to her I'm gonna ask her about her wig or her life or her you know <laughs> <what> I, <mean?
1: laughs> mm, I feel like I had like this laundry list of questions because <laughs> child I already knew like I mean I didn't know it was gonna happen this way but so we I met you like on, on the road at one yeah. of the I think it was night in the wild and I already said like one day we're gonna have a real conversation look at us and I had this little laundry list of questions Inch out, I don't know. I, I don't even know what, what the questions were, what they are. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I actually know. I do know. Okay. Even though I feel like I'm planted where I am spiritually, I'm I'm not gonna say I'm always comfortable because it's not always comfortable. But I feel like God is really, like I said earlier, really pushing me into this space in ministry that I'm beyond to I don't wanna go. <laughs> I don't want to go. And I don't know, like I guess my question would be what advice would you have on like stepping out there, regardless of the uncomfortability, like people asking me for spiritual advice is still like, huh? Like my youth church would be like, yeah, we want you to preach. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) So I just need advice on how to make, like come to terms with this is what Jesus want me to do. And I need to get out my own way and, and, and embrace it. I don't, I don't know. It's that's really uncomfortable for me.
0: <laughs> well, what is your podcast about?
1: Um, well, it's about Christian millennials, and there's no specific topic. We literally just sit down and talk about any and everything from our little Christian perspective. For the most part, it's me and my sister and two of my friends who all grew up in church who are kind of all probably like Jesus kids that really don't really have a real grasp on world outside of the faith. (laughs) But we talk about life from our Christian perspective and it's fun. Well,
0: I would present (laughs) to you- Yeah, it is. That's ministry in a way that makes you feel comfortable. That is you exercising your ministry muscle. And I think that you have to acknowledge that as ministry, because if you acknowledge it as ministry, as you continue to get lured into other spaces and avenues, it won't always feel like I'm starting over or I'm stepping into something I've never done before. Without a shadow of a doubt, when this podcast is played for the delegation... There are gonna be countless people who tell you, you ministered to me with your story. You ministered to me with what you said. And when you recognize that your life is ministry. It's not just the platform. It's not just the preaching. Like, my life is ministry. To minister means to serve. Like, you're serving other Christian millennials through your podcast, you're serving your daughter. That is ministry. You served me in our time together. That was ministry. And so I would tell you to remind yourself that I'm already in ministry. And yes, this next step is something that I haven't done before as far as expressing it, but it's still in the lane of how I show up in the world. And breathe, you breathe in the moment, you remind yourself that ministry is not about you. So if it's about you coming off smart, if it's about you coming off eloquent, if it's about you not wanting to do it at all, you're making the ministry about you. And God is looking for hearts that don't mind making it about him. And when you realize that I'm not leading them to me, I'm leading them to him. So it doesn't matter at the end of the day how I feel about it or whether or not I split verbs while doing it, whether or not. my English was great or or I was eloquent or whatever what matters the most is that I got up there as a pure vessel and created space for God to show up through me
1: I I gotta keep that in mind because I'm even when people say like when they come for me like oh that was good I'm like it was like I think that when it comes to me like stepping in the realm and ministry, like seeing it as that I'm always super like doubtful yeah. like I'm like did was that really a word to you like like I don't know I, I have to embrace that side in some way like I have to figure out how to how to make it comfortable a little bit because it still feels like you know how some people don't know how to take a compliment for sure I feel like that's how I am when someone when someone says something I'm just like huh like it just doesn't it feels
0: so icky. Okay, so, so I don't know. <laughs> when we first started, we talked about captivating thoughts. If I can offer you homework or something to consider as you really attack this doubting mentality that is keeping you from stepping into ministry, I would ask you when is the first time that you started doubting yourself? Because. Let me write that down. Yeah, <laughs> when is the first time you started doubting yourself? You know, um, trace it back as far as you can go. There's got to be this time. And by doubting yourself, you'll know it because it's like, I thought something, I hope something, I believe something, and then I didn't meet that expectation. Life didn't meet that expectation. And now I don't necessarily trust myself anymore because that spirit of doubt is showing up in the area where God wants to use you the most. And so we have to recognize that seed that has been planted so that we can uproot it because Because I will tell you, and this is like, I know we're coming to the end of the podcast, but I just want to tell you this very quickly. When you were sharing with me about you sitting your mom down after having some friction in your relationship and sharing the hope for what it could be and how you showed her grace. And then you also said that you're also learning that you're more resilient than you thought that you were. You've always been resilient. It takes resiliency to not feel so rejected that you don't shut your heart down altogether after you've experienced friction in a relationship that was supposed to honor who you were. And yet resiliency said, even though I experienced the friction, I believe that there's hope possible. I believe that there's faith possible. You. Look at your life, and I bet you, I felt God as you were saying that, that you have a history of being resilient, and you got to embrace that resiliency, and you've got to recognize that that spirit of doubt that keeps showing up in your life is trying to keep you from connecting with that resiliency, because if you ever embrace that you are as resilient as I know you are, as you've just told me you are then you are going to not be afraid of anything because you'll see everything as an opportunity to grow, learn, become stronger and develop. And I just, my prayer for you. When this podcast is over and I'm thanking God for my day and I'm holding Armani in my heart in my prayer time is that you will continue to have encounters with your resiliency, that you will be flooded with moments and memories and thoughts that remind you of the spirit of resiliency that God gave you as a gift so that you could survive everything that you've gone through. And it is that resiliency that will get you through ministry. Thank you. I needed that. You got needed it. That. I love it. I love Check you. <laughs> love you, too. This was amazing. Thank you for hanging with me. Thank you for having me. This was great. Okay. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it, too. I can't wait to see you in Maryland because I feel like we just should do things together now. We just vibed. We kicked it. We should. In.
1: We should. And I'm coming to the conference. So I'll yes. See you then too. Okay. I'm um, actually really excited about that. I'm excited too. Yeah. We're
0: going to be like going live announcing it next week. So you're already in that thing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. It's the positivity for me, okay? I know you had a few hee-hees and some giggles as I did. Even virtually, I could feel the warm light that Armani undoubtedly possesses. It's something about being in the presence of good energy that adds to your own confidence. And you, my sis, were just in the presence of some beautiful energy. That light is just a reflection of what God has down on the inside of you. So make sure that you're shining your light so that other people can see. Can I tell y'all I love y'all? Like, I love y'all deep. Armani's an OG member of the delegation. I'm getting your notes, by the way. I know so many of you are loving the new podcast and you're sticking with us as we figure things out. I know a few of y'all are side-eyeing it, but you're still hanging in there and we appreciate you too. If you want to be my co-host, you want to join me on an episode of the podcast or you want my take on something happening in your world, then email us, podcast at one. And evolve.com until next time love y'all